city, but no. To help edit uh, Maharaj's, uh, Padmanabh Maharaj's book. And that's what's going on. And I'm just about on live Facebook and you can go ahead and start with the questions. We have three questions um, from the Spanish side. So Pamanava Swami can start with those. Yes. So I'll take care of that. Um, and we have, let's see. Oh, and I have to start the recording. Um, we have like eight questions. Eight. Okay. So. Try to get through them all. Okay. okay. Well, um, I guess I would say in, in general, of course, I'm most inspired by the uh, Sakyarasa pastimes of Krishna. And um, um, why? Um, I would give the, the principal reason being that, um, that um, Prabhupada was idealized such, and that was, uh, is apparent from the book that we published entitled, Oh My Friend, and um, and so, as we know, bhakti is not a right of the jiva, but a, but a gift and a blessing. And so, the um, association that we have uh, will influence our. Uh, attraction hmm, to Krishna in any particular uh, sentiment. So I'm very prominently influenced by uh, by Prabhupada from this life and and um, previous lives as well. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in that um, uh, direction, and um, so that's why I guess uh, in, in a broader sense. And then um, I think you, the questioner wants to know why perhaps a particular pastime, I'm speaking in general about the broader range of Sakyarasa in general, which in which there are unlimited pastimes. Um, the Bhagavatam showcases that sentiment over a number of chapters that I have um, retold in my uh, forthcoming book. But I've also um, made a contribution through the book that, I mean, that, that in itself is unique in one sense, but furthermore, I've, I've um, described or explored the uppercut day in a life of Krishna divided over eight divisions from the vantage point, not only of, of, of uh, Sakyarasa, but um, the Narmasaka's Bhava, which is influenced by Madhurya. So um, that's certainly a, a unique uh, contribution. 
And within that, all of that, if you will, um, I, I have very much attracted to the um, point in Krishna Leela in which um, Krishna assembles with his uh, friends after um, playing very hard, if you will, um, they assemble to sit down and uh, have lunch in the forest, at which time um, having finished the lunch, Krishna, with the help of his Narmasaka friends, comes up with excuses for leaving the assembly, uh, the greater assembly of devotees, and going to explore Vrindavan uh, to meet with an astrologer or whatever the excuse may be, um, which is meant to cover up the fact that he's going to meet with uh, with Radha hmm? at uh, Radhakund, Shamakund pastimes in the midday. And so he takes some of his friends, Narmasakas, of course, that Baba goes goes with him. So I'm attracted to being invited along. At that time, uh, Krishna puts the rest of the cowards in the hands of Balaram. And um, of course, they, they, they reunite again then after the midday pastimes. So I find some traction there, that prospect of assisting Krishna in his um, romantic life from a friendly uh, point of view, which then, of course, includes within it um, um, service to, to Radha as well. So that's the general idea. Hope that helps. What else? And why, I guess I should say why of that. Well, because if you want to be a friend of Krishna, then, then you want to be a friend with him in all respects. And he's very prominently um, um, influenced by romantic feelings. And um, those friends that can understand that aspect of himself, as well as all other aspects of himself with regard to um, frater fraternal love. Um, that is arguably the, the fullest sense in which one can express and participate in a friendship with Krishna. Okay, sorry. Okay. Well, thank you uh, for your patience, given that you asked the question a week ago and I haven't gotten to, to it until now. But uh, to take shelter, uh, I think um, to say that in English is to speak about Sharanagati. Uh, Sharanagati means, I guess another English translation would be surrender. So what does it mean to surrender, to take shelter, to um, cultivate Sharanagati. This Sharanagati is an anga or a limb of bhakti. It's very prominent in the uh, Ramanuja Sampradaya. In the Ramanuja Sampradaya, which is a Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya, but a, obviously a Vaishnav 
Sampradaya. Um, the general course, I'm not an expert on Ramanuja philosophy and uh, uh, practice, but as I understand it, the general course is that one proceeds through karma and jnana and comes to bhakti, a little different than our um, perspective, which includes a very generous nature of bhakti that comes to us despite the fact that we may not have gone through religious purification, dharma or karma marg, neither through, uh, through introspection, gyan marg, to come to bhakti, bhakti comes to us nonetheless. But, uh, but in Ramanuja Sampradaya, the general course, as I say, is to pass through karma, gyan, and come to bhakti. But then those that may not uh, have the adhikar for that, they have the option of sharanagati. They just take shelter of Krishna. Hmm. Um, and so that's more similar to the way in which we speak about bhakti. Uh, taking um, placing some, I would say that in, in our sampradaya, uh, in our lineage in particular, the Bhakti Vinod party bar, Bhakti Vinod has emphasized Sharanagati um, as an Anga of Bhakti more than it's been um, emphasized and theologized about by previous Acharyas. So he seems to have focused on that. He has several songs about Sharanagati. He, he very much plays out the six divisions of Sharanagati um, that um, involve accepting what's favorable for bhakti, rejecting what's unfavorable, one. Two, thinking of Krishna as one's protector. Hmm. Uh, three, uh, accepting Krishna as one's maintainer. Hmm. Uh, was that three? Um, four, excuse me, one, two, three, four. And then uh, the fifth one is, is uh, dainya or um, humility and atmanic shape or atmanivedan self-resignation uh, um, sometimes compared to the way in which an animal like a cow puts herself in the hands of the cow herder and moves along with him as he sees uh, fit. Uh, so among these six divisions within Sharanagati, the, the center fold or the Swarup Lakshan, the primary characteristic of Sharanagati is uh, or accepting Krishna as one's maintainer. Um, we see this played out in the Govardhan Leela in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where the cowards led by Nanda Maharaj thought that in order for their maintenance, it was important for them to worship Indra, whereby they might be blessed with rain, which would then in turn uh, produce good pasture for the for the cows who were their livelihood. And Krishna stepped in, of course, and said, rather than worship Indra, we should worship Gorodan Hill. And he gave his reasons and so forth. And then he showed himself to be non-different than the hill. Um, and everyone took shelter of the hill and more so of Krishna holding the hill. So this is the Leela in which the last verse of the Bhagavad Gita that speaks about taking shelter about Sharanagati, Sarva, one of the last verses, Sarva Dharman Pritya Mamekam Sharanam. Raja Sharana means to take shelter. Krishna says, take shelter of me alone Sarvadharman Pritich, and forget about all the gods in the, in the Dharma Marg, in the Karma Marg, in the Varnashram. Hmm? Don't take shelter of them for anything. Indeed, as I've explained earlier in the Gita, their power to bestow a blessing depends upon my blessing them. So take shelter of me alone. So this is Gokritve Bhananam Tatat, accepting Krishna as one's maintainer. 
So we see this uh, illustrated, exemplified in the Leela, as I say, in, in the Govardhan Leela. Everyone took shelter of Krishna alone and Indra had no, um, in, no power over them to bless or to uh, cause havoc in their lives as, as, as he tried to do. And that Leela Krishna was crowned by Indra at the end as the god of gods. Govinda or Upendra, as different uh, uh, texts um, describe. So um, this is something about Sharanagati. In the broad sense, it means taking shelter of Krishna alone hmm? and foregoing the, the gods and goddesses of Varnashram and, uh, and so forth. Not that we don't respect them, of course we, we do, but um, we see them in light, for example, of, of how they're described in the Brahma Samhita, which Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, that the fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita that he um, underscored and um, presented to his devotees upon returning from South India, saying the Siddhanta is all found here. What is that Siddhanta that's found there? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Stated how? Gobindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami, the original person, Krishna. So, that's the broad idea of Sharanagati. Um, and of course, besides Krishna's my maintainer, Krishna's my protector, as I say. Uh, and there are leelas that correspond with this, accepting what's favorable for bhakti, rejecting what's unfavorable. That's a very important um, um, feature because typically of, of Sharanagati, typically we accept something that's favorable to our senses and our mind as good. and that which is not pleasing to our mind and senses, we accept as bad. But now we have a new criterion. Regardless of what, how it may feel to my senses or my mind, um, for example, it may feel good to my senses to sleep late in the morning, but it may be good for me in terms of bhakti to rise early. Hmm? So now I have a new criterion of what is good or what is bad, what is favorable, what is unfavorable. It's not based on the dictates of my mind and senses, which foster the dualities of good, bad, happy, sad, and so on and so forth, all of which we want to rise above. So with this new criterion in the context of bhakti, in the pursuit of sharanagati, we, we, we have a new good and a new bad. If it pleases Krishna, if it's good for bhakti, it's good. If it's not favorable for bhakti, it's bad. So I will reject it. So very quickly, if one really, really puts this in practice, one rises above the dualities that, as Krishna says in the Gita, arise from sense perception and the mind. Hmm? So this sharanagati then is, is something that we cultivate in, in sadhana bhakti. It's the focus of sadhana bhakti. Sharanagati or taking shelter is the external expression of shraddha, faith, which um, the seed of which gives us the eligibility to tread the path of bhakti in the first place. So our faith is externally manifest as sharanagati. So we should be aware of the angas of sharanagati and try to cultivate them. And when one attains the stage within sadhana bhakti of ruchi, we can say that the that the Sharanagati has been established. Here I've, in other places, I've compared the, this to a dramatic stage uh, on which the Leela will be performed hmm, coming soon. So once the, once the Sharanagata, hmm, in the full sense of the term, and one's attachment, therefore, is only for bhakti, not for anything worldly, then shortly thereafter, that will develop into attachment to the object of one's bhakti, a particular manifestation of Krishna corresponding with one's liking in Sakya or Madhurya and so forth. And then one enters into Baba Bhakti, which is where the, now the, the drama is taking place and one's participating in it. So Sharanagati, Shraddha and Sharanagati, these are the focus in one sense of of the within the stage of sadhana bhakti. Mm -hmm. And 
Sharanagati to the Guru. Um, Guru Bhakti is an Anga of Krishna Bhakti. Hmm? So we're encouraged at the onset of Rupa Goswami's description of Sadhana Bhakti to take shelter of the Guru. Hmm? That means that we, we accept the Guru as our guide with regard to what is the teaching, what is the, what is the philosophy, what is the theology, we learn about that from him or from her, and we expect um, him or her to set uh, an inspiring example as, as, as they do, and, and thus, uh, you know, we, we, we come under their inspired, come under their, uh, his or her guidance. So from the guru, we learn, the, we learn the teachings, we see how to apply them, um, and so forth. We, um, many of us don't live with the guru, um, um, which, in which case, if you did, Sharanagati might take a certain shape that's a little, express itself a little different than if you don't live with the guru. Because if you're living with the guru in his or her ashram, well then Sharanagati is, 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 is going to affect more everything that you do, so to speak, um, um, in, a, in a more direct uh, sense. If you're living as a householder outside of the ashram, then for example, you have things to do. You have to work, you have to have a, a livelihood, you have to raise the children and so on and so forth, all of which would, would not be going on in an ashram. Those things can be included within bhakti um, by the right, the culture of the appropriate culture of of uh, devotional service, seeing them in that light and, and so on and so forth. Um, but um, Guru Bhakti will take a slightly different shape there in that situation than it will, for example, living as a monk in the, in the ashram. Um, but doesn't mean that as a householder, um, one can't make as much progress, one certainly can just that it plays itself out a little differently. So I guess what I'm trying to say is taking shelter of the guru doesn't, doesn't mean to say what, 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 what kind of job should I get? What kind of, you know, um, how should I buy? Um, you could ask him if you have that kind of relationship, but um, it's not the kind of uncommon knowledge that we go to the guru for. There's other ways to figure those, some of those things out. Hmm? There are some things we can't figure out and we go to the guru to hear those things, who, which are found in Shastra, and which he draws from there in a dynamic way according to the time and circumstance and presents them um, such teachings. Nitai then um, is, of course, uh, the um, one of the two manifestations of what we call this, the Samasti Guru, the macrocosmic manifestation him and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of guru for the Sampradaya. And then so many gurus come from their influence who are the microscopic gurus for ourselves and our particular lineage um, and so forth. He brought Sakyarasa to the world. And in some respects, he gave Madhurya Rasa to the world by giving the world Chaitanya Mahaprabhu before anybody else did, before there were books written by the Goswamis and so forth, he pushed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu forward. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught to chant Krishna Nam, he said, no, we should chant Gornam and so forth. Um, so as far as distribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, there's, there's no one more significant than Nityananda Prabhu. Other associates excel in other ways. Hmm? in terms of all that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, but this is the way in which Nityananda Prabhu excels. And of course he is uh, steeped in Sakyarasa being not different from Balaram himself. Um, so many devotees who take shelter of Nitai, um, they have an affinity for Sakyarasa. 
That doesn't mean that devotees in Madhuri Rasa don't take shelter of Nitai. They do, but the way in which they do will be a little bit different. Hmm? And Narutam Das Thakur, of course, who is steeped in Manjari Bhavki, is not uh, uh, shy to uh, emphasize the importance of Nityananda Prabhu um, and um, taking shelter of him to attain any possible uh, entrance into the Brajrasa. Hmm? So he's a gateway in, 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 in a sense. Hmm? He's very kind, very accommodating. He's kind of the magnanimity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu extended hmm, to deal with persons and circumstances um, that Mahaprabhu could not um, directly um, come in touch with and, and, and enter into given his status as a sannyasi, which was a bit of a, um, which was to taken by him, accepted by him to facilitate distribution, but still had its limitations. He couldn't go to certain areas without being suspect of participating in what goes on in those areas, which would be adharmic, but through Nityananda Prabhu, he did. So his generosity is, 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 is Mahaprabhu's generosity, his magnanimity is in a sense further extended through his other self of Nityananda Prabhu. Um, so he's very kind very generous, so it's intelligent then if you want to take shelter of uh, and, and take advantage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disposition, take shelter of Nitai. Um, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's repeatedly uh, pointed out to his devotees the importance, the significance of Nityananda Prabhu so that they would not misunderstand him. Uh, so, so all the devotees, whether they're in Madhurya Rasa or in Sakirasa, they take uh, take shelter of Nityananda Prabhu. Of course, if you're in the Gadadhar Pari Bar, then Gadadhar will be more prominent. If you're in the Dwaita Pari Bar, the Dwaita will be more prominent. Uh, for us in the Bhakti Minod Pari Bar, comes through the Nityananda Pari Bar. And so here we find in our Pari Bar very wide uh, participation in wide circulation of Gaudi Vaishnavism uh, as my Gurmarsh's mission um, was uh, so much characterized by. So regardless of whether it be in general, the guru, the principle of Sharanagati is, uh, applies. So I hope that answer uh, answered your question, helps to get you to understand the, the uh, notion, the anga of- Sharanagati. Yes, thank you. Okay, Mahapriya, Tatsi. Again? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, gracias. Go to Pregunta. Is that correct? Gracias. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I'm seeing a nice picture of Tulsi Maharani on my screen. Tulsi Maharani, he got some devotee has seems to have a very nice standard of Tulsi worship. Very commendable. Must be in that good weather of Latin America. Warm weather. Well, Vedanta Sutra is is a basic book. 
it's not a book that's advanced in terms of um, very esoteric theological uh, discourse on the emotional life of Krishna or Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? Um, um, For example, a book like Krishna Karnamrita, that would be an advanced book. Vedanta Sutra is is a more more basic book, basically, uh, a more basic book that seeks to show the how the Upanishads and the greater body of the Vedic literature are making a concerted uh, point. Mm-hmm. And there are different commentaries on the Vedanta Sutra, which then say, this is the concerted point that the that this Vedic revelation is making or this it, or that is and so forth. Our, in our line, the commentary that is the Gaudiya commentary comes from Baladev Vijibhusan. And that commentary has been translated uh, into English by a couple of people. The older translation that's been around for many years is by uh, a scholar, an Indian scholar, I forget his name. More recently, a god brother of mine named Banuswami translated the Govinda Basha, the commentary of into uh, English and um, and that that is more readily available and it's in better it's in better English and a better format than the previous one. Um, what you are referring to is I think some early writing of Prabhupada where he started to write about Vedanta Sutra but he never completed it. He didn't get very far with it but some of the writing that he did on it, uh, I remember seeing maybe maybe it was published in um, early articles of Back to Godhead. Hmm? So some of his disciples may have put that together in some form, and it's certainly um, uh, readable, something worth reading. But if you want to study the Vedanta Sutra, which is an it's, I guess it's intellectually a little bit challenging, high in that sense, not from a Rasic point of view, um, then I would recommend maybe the translation by Banaswan by Govinda Basha. Next question. I should mention, of course, with regard to Vedanta Sutra and the Govinda Basha, that as Baladev himself mentions, coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prior to him, Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentary on, on the Vedanta Sutras. So nothing is lost by studying Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes, I'm sorry, go ahead, Arjun. Yeah, um, Mahaprabhu? Prabhu? Yes, I'm, I'm here. devotees. <laughs> um, my question is, on on physiology somehow what i mean is that um, my occupation is uh, very taxing on the mental on the brain on the nervous system and uh, since one um, accident few years ago my capacity to concentrate and um, think (laughs) let's say uh, was a little bit uh, damaged so now if these two combining, uh, sometimes I am getting to some state of brain tiredness, uh, which um, the, it's not, I, I cannot engage, let's say in activities that are, that acquire a lot of focus. So it's hard for me to read in these periods, sometimes chant, only listening to classes is somehow uh, goes through the barrier. So I was thinking, instead of 
going with the flow and engaging in easy material activities that do not require mental uh, strength at this time and just waiting things to pass. Are there some Krishna conscious things that I that one can uh, engage in that are not so that don't not require so much uh, um, clarity of mind or uh, ability to concentrate at this particular moment? Uh, so well, my did, question is: Did you say you're having trouble listening to lectures also? No, this is the most easy for, especially yeah. when I yeah. walk. I walk outside and I listen. This. Uh, so they'll do that. Listen to lectures. That, that's that's good. That maybe better than reading, hmm? and um, chanting. Hmm? Obviously, it's easy. Deity worship maybe I don't know, requires a little concentration, but not in the same way of trying to understand reasoning and, and so on and so forth. Uh, those are all positive things you can do. Negative things that you could do is you can you can uh, stay off of social media fast from social media for a month let's try that that that, that, that because that's very distracting it, it, it fosters a very scattered kind of mind and so forth um and there may be some brain food that you could take also there are things that are herbs and whatnot that are good for the good for the brain so there's some thoughts yeah, thank you Okay, Hare Krishna. Hope you get better soon. It's reached some level of level of it is as is it good as it will get, I guess. Tadas. There he is. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my question would be um, about the instructions of Krishna given by himself. Because uh, I have some kind of, you know, um, thought in my mind that which is regarding, you know, everything that I have uh, read or or heard that uh, when Krishna speaks himself, himself, he basically gives instruction, you know, in in general. Like he says, in general, think of, of think about me, or like uh, do some kind of service to me. Mm, but it's more in like general way. And my question would be if if it is somewhere instructions given by him that uh, you should uh, like meditate on him playing on flute you know or running in in in, in Brindavan forests or or, or 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 not because as far as as I understand these instructions they are give they're being given by the devotees of Krishna but not directly by him or maybe I'm mistaken thank you well, Krishna's general instructions um, apply to a broader uh, range of devotees. There are many different types of devotees. Some, some, some devotees worship Krishna, conceiving of him as an avatar of Vishnu with a goal to attain Vaikuntha and Dasarasa for Narayan. Um, so they can also read the Bhagavad Gita and the nature of Krishna's instructions there being broad, as, as you're, you're pointing out, apply to them as well as they do to Gaudiya Vaishnavas who look at Krishna as the source of Narayan and they don't want to go to Vaikuntha in Dasya Bhakti, they want to enter into the into the Brajalila in Madhurya Rasa or in Sakya Rasa. Um, so uh, it's understandable then because Krishna has many devotees, a wide range, his instructions may be a little more general. Whereas the devotees of Krishna, relative to their particular bhava, sentiment, um, and conceptualization of him, they will give specifics. So in Bhakti Sandarbha, for example, uh, you, you, you find a dhyan, a visualization, a meditation 
to accompany the chanting of the Gopal mantra, in which Krishna is, is thought to be meditated upon, sitting beneath a desired tree, surrounded by his associates, um, and so forth. You have uh, visions, Krishna uh, says, think of me. And then you have Divyad Vrindaranya Kalpadu Madha, Srimadrat Naga, Srimadrasa, Srimadrata, Srila Govinda Devo, Prastalidi, Sevyamanu, Smarami, from Krishna Skavirashka Swami, which is giving specifics, right, that you're talking about, how to look at him, how to think of him. So that's understandable, as I say, that that will come from um, the devotees of Krishna, who, all of whom are following the general instruction, think of me, but they think of me, surrender to me, pay obeisances to me, sing my name, so forth. So how to do that exactly? Yes, that will be done differently by different devotees and different sampradayas and different lineages with different ideals and different conceptions of Krishna. To hear from a devotee is not to hear, is not less than hearing from Krishna. The more comes from the devotee. And Krishna will go, yeah, listen to him, listen to him to get the details. Mahaprabhu told, to give an example, um, Raghunadasko Swami, don't eat, don't, don't just chase your tongue when eating and, and, and be uh, dress all like a, uh, uh, in vain, all concerned about how you, your, your appearance, um, um, uh, don't associate with worldly people, don't engage in frivolous talks, hmm? and in your mind, think always of Radha and Krishna, and with regard to that, get the details from Sri Damodar, he said. Raghunathas Goswami wanted to get instructions directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? It was finally, after several attempts, that Mahaprabhu acquiesced and gave him that instruction. Still in that instruction, he said, get the details from Sri Damodar. And prior to giving that instruction, on the previous occasions, when Raghunath submitted a petition to Sri Damodar, may I get some directions, instructions directly from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu replied, don't ask me, ask Sri Damodar, he knows more than me. Hmm? So, hope that helps. Yes, thank you very much. Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Am I coming through the right channel? Yes, okay. I can hear you fine. <laughs> Great. Uh, my question has to do with the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and the Anga of Bhakti serving the Vaishnavas. And I'm just curious to know a little more about, I, I feel like I know someone whose main Anga might be kind of like being a, a friend of the Vaishnavas. And, and I'm just wondering, also, just how far in that section, there's that verse that says that uh, all the angas of bhakti described in relation to the Lord are also angas in relation to the devotees of the Lord. This is the conclusion of the wise. Basically, uh, what do you think of this section? Serving the Vaishnavas, it seems like Rupa Goswami is saying that serving the Vaishnavas is more effective than serving the Lord. And then that. I don't know. Well, Vaishnava Seva is an Anga of, uh, of uh, Krishna Bhakti. So, um, serving the devotees is, is uh, you know, a particular expression of Krishna Bhakti. And it's obviously the devotees are very dear to Krishna. So, serving that which is dear to Krishna is sometimes thought to be more important than serving Krishna. Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly, service of the devotees is more readily available to us, especially in the stage of sadhana, than is direct service to Krishna. Hmm? So, um, those are some ways in which we may think about Vaishnava Seva. 
And um, I think that as much as the opportunity arises, we take great pleasure in that we had some Vaishnavs visit us yesterday from ISKCON um, facility in Silicon Valley that um, has been our one of our main clients in our dairy, commercial dairy. Because we're ending that, some devotees from there came here to see how we run the dairy and so on and so forth, because they want to, they're going to try to set up a dairy uh, south of San Francisco. So we had the opportunity to serve them, serve them prasadam, and, uh, and um, share with them and so forth uh, uh, the knowledge of um, how we run a micro dairy. So it was, it was, it was a great opportunity. Um, householders, you know, typically they have the opportunity to host uh, Vaishnavas and, uh, and serve them then in that capacity. I don't know exactly what you're looking for for, for answer. Obviously it's, it's important. It's, it's, you can make it your focus. Um, it's very practical uh, and easier to do than to serve Krishna, so to speak. Uh, and through that, um, you will certainly endear yourself to Krishna. So I agree with Rupa Goswami. Vaishnav Seva Kijai. What else? Um, Kushangi. Um, I've been reading the Chaitanya Bhagavat, and uh, in the beginning of the book, there's a um, um, section describing uh, Mahaprabhu's relationship with his mother, and and there was a mention of an incident when he asked his mother mother to uh, bring him a garland for for worshiping. Uh, Ganga Devi, and when Sachimata didn't have a garland ready, but said that she would bring one in a make one and bring in a moment, uh, Mahaprabhu became very angry at, at his mother and uh, and in a rage uh, destroyed a lot of property. And I I was wondering how we should understand this. And I I was thinking of how it said that when the guru. Um, is angry at at their student that that can be a certain uh, form of love that it should be understood as special mercy. Like, could that be a way of approaching this, or how would you? Uh... Well, I wouldn't think of it like that. I think that, um, <laughs> that if the guru chastises the disciple, uh, then it's thought that well, the guru must care about her to take the time to chastise or instruct her. Um, obviously, it's more apparent that the devotee, that the guru cares about the disciple if he, if he blesses her and acknowledges her service. But um, in between those two, criticizing uh, constructively the disciple or uh, praising her is indifference to how the disciple is conducting herself. That we want to avoid. We don't want the guru to be indifferent and think, oh, she's, she can't be reformed. Uh, you know, what, what can be done? So when Prabhupada on one occasion was chastised by his guru in public, then he very much appreciated that and thought, oh, Gurudev really cares about me to criticize me in public. And in that case, Prabhupada wasn't even doing something wrong, but it looked like he was. Someone else was trying to talk to him while Bhakti Siddhanta was talking, and he was not trying to listen, but it looked like he was trying to listen. So Bhakti Siddhanta said, Why are you doing this? Are you prepared to sit here and talk? Then you should listen. So probably was very pleased with that. But that's what you're talking about. And I don't think the instance which you're referring to in Chaitanya Bhagavad is comparable. But what's going on there is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is mad. He's so uh, possessed of bhava to, to worship uh, that uh, he couldn't, you know, he, he, was, irre, irre, uh, he was unreasonable. <laughs> and so 
Sasha just had to step back and then he ruined the house and <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, so this kind of madness of Chaitanya who early in his life would show up at times and um, the parents and elders didn't know, you know what to think of it. Most elders thought how unfortunate it was Sachi had a crazy son. Hmm? Um, but as it turned out, looking at it from the broader perspective, we can see that, oh, these are early extraordinary manifestations of his of bhava that, um, that would later express itself through his Vaishnavism directly in his teaching and so on and so forth. So I think that uh, those, that's the way in which those incidences, there, there are a couple of them. And he, and, he, and he, I think he ruins the house, breaks all the pots and everything. And, and then, he, then he shows up with some gold later on out of nowhere to you know, pay for everything. Um, so uh, just to be attributed to his, to the, the, the power of Bhava in him to cause him to act in ways that are unconventional, uh, difficult to understand, um, and so forth. Therefore, it's said in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu that sometimes someone in Bhava may act in ways that are uh, un unconventional or questionable, but if it's determined that, that they've attained Bhava, then those things are not to be taken um, seriously. So I would look at it like that. So be careful because the Bhava may make you politically incorrect. Who knows what <laughs> it may do. Mm -hmm. What else? Gurmash, I had a follow-up question on that. Okay. Uh, is it possible that that Mahaprabhu's Lila is actually paralleling the Krishna's Lila of uh, when Yashoda put yeah. him down? So I think, because didn't Krishna break all the pots and steal the butter in the house or something like that? Well, uh, yeah, I don't think that the, that, that uh, Vrindavan Dostakur makes that uh, connection there per se, um, but it's insightful on your part to, to think of it along those lines. Certainly Krishna in his childhood was mischievous and um, his behavior was uh, otherwise uh, inappropriate. And so we do find some measure of that in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, prior to his becoming a Vaishnava and so forth. So it is a, yeah, it is a, um, in a broader sense, I think, appropriate to make that connection. Thank you. There's a devotee who has their hand up. Now, did you want to ask something? You need to unmute. Sí, y muchas gracias por ver esas. Hare Krishna. We're not hearing Hare you. Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna, Madre. Hare Krishna. We're not. We don't hear you. Sí, te escucho. Te escucho. ¿Vos me escuchás a mí, Prabhu? Oh, okay. Okay. Eh, bien. Eh, me gustaría mejorar mi, mi servicio, este, pero también me gustaría ir bien de la mano, o sea, con mi familia. Tengo un bebé de un año, un poco más, y bueno, mi señora. Y a veces me cuesta hacer bien el servicio, este, con el trabajo, con la familia, con todo. Me gustaría algún consejo como para poder mejorar mi servicio, poder hacer más rondas y eso. Esa es mi pregunta, cómo poder mejorar mi servicio. Muchas gracias. Well, what you're saying is you have some opportunities for direct service like chanting Japa and so forth, um, but it's limited by um, other factors in your life, household life, which in, in, involves going to work and taking care of the children, so on and so forth. Um, so how can you increase your service given those circumstances? Well, you know, one answer is that what time you do have to directly engage in angas of bhakti, um, you try to improve the quality of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question necessarily of quantity, but quality. Um, and if you take 
your time for chanting and make it something that's very uh, strict. At this time I chant, I can't be disturbed by anything else. Close the door, sorry that I've got a half an hour for this or an hour, whatever it is, and concentrate. That That's a way that you can increase your service. And then in the broader sense, of course, you have to try to see your family as an extension of, of, of your emotional needs without which you would be less capable of applying yourself in devotional service because they would be gnawing on you, drawing on you and so forth. So you have a wife, you have children, it fulfills certain emotional needs which make you more whole as a person, hmm? which you wouldn't be if you were living in an ashram and having those desires and so forth, um, you would be distracted there. So you don't live in an ashram because you have desires that, that, would, that aren't suitable for that situation. So Bhakti is very powerful and very generous that she can follow you into a household where you can make a quasi ashram, so to speak, of your own. And you see your wife and your children as other devotees who are worshipable by you and who are uh, something that you, uh, persons that you need in your life in order to feel whole enough emotionally to, to, to focus with what time you do have on bhakti. And so when you think of them like that, you don't see them as something separate entirely from uh, bhakti. Bhakti has the power uh, to, unlike jnana or yoga, to be effective in household life. Hmm? So there are some aspects of household life that one can uh, participate in that aren't going to be they don't have to necessarily be a distraction if they're done properly. And one of the ways to do that is to think about them uh, along the lines of which I'm uh, speaking about. But it's easier to said than, than done. But if you, you, you try it. I mean, Bhakti Vinotakur had 10 children, mm -hmm. 12, I think 10, two passed away and had 10 that he raised. And so, um, um, and two of them became prominent devotees, one of them in particular, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So um, he's a good example, a patron. You pray to Bhaktivinoda Thakur for uh, inspiration in that uh, uh, situation, uh, such that your ordinary, if you will, activities don't become a distraction, but they're seen in light of what you're doing as a sadhaka and as uh, a, a, a playing an assisting role in your life. So if I see, oh, uh, you know, here comes my wife. Without her, I wouldn't be able to practice devotional service. I'd be looking for a wife <laughs> and distracted. Uh, so she solved that problem for me. Uh, she's so kind. I paid my obeisances to her. Hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a conceptual orientation that I'm speaking about that, that enables you to take all of these otherwise material things, distractions, and include them within conceptually what you're doing as a sadhaka. Hmm. So try that. Does that help? It's an earful, but... Sí, Prabhu, muchísimas gracias por su, por su respuesta y por su tiempo. Hare Krishna, muchas gracias. Okay, muchas gracias, gracias al traductor yeah. también. So that's all the time we have for today. Appreciate everybody. Nine questions you did. Pardon me, nine? Nine, yeah. Okay, okay. good. Thank you for all those beautiful answers, so balanced and applicable to our our everyday life and thank you so much and okay. we'll see you on saturday everybody stay on i have a couple of announcements to make um, about the okay. coming programs Hare Krishna Maharaj. okay um so we i think the devotees hopefully everyone knows that now during the week we have classes every day um 11 30 um, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, I do notice that some people are still getting on the wrong 
call they're getting on the Swami call rather than Pamanava Swami's call. So if you're doing that, um, hopefully you figured it out and entered up. And so just quickly what those classes are on Mondays, Pamanava Swami, Vaishnava Etiquette, uh, Tuesday, Ashram Swami, Sharanagati, The Path of Surrender, Wednesday, Dulal Chandra, Krishna Sandarbha, Thursdays, Padmanabha Swami, Vaishnava Etiquette, Fridays, Brigupad Das, um, the Mano Shiksha, Instructions to the Mind. And then um, this Saturday, um, we'll be having a special class. It is um, um, our Guru Maharaj's um, appearance day. Um, so, so he'll be giving a talk on that day at 1130. Um, so hopefully everyone will be able to join us for that. And then on Sunday, instead of questions and answers, um, it is Gaur Purnima. So we will be having another um, class discussion um, by our Guru Maharaj um, during that time on, on Sunday. So hopefully you'll all be able to, to join us and thank you so much for your participation. As always, that's half of the equation, oh, more than half of the equation, right? And the questions, really nice questions and really nice answers. Okay, so we'll see everybody soon, I hope, again. And Hare Krishna, Jai. Bye.